Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we do is you can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blog spot, and on my way go. We in Bitty Airwaves. Cool. They be watching us, we so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, you better tell somebody tell somebody that you are now listening to the number one radio show on MaximumFM.ca, and that is a real statistic. But once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. I have a very exciting show lined up for you guys tonight, as I always do. Later on, around the 845 mark, I have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the studio. We're having her on studio once again. We're going to talk about music, sports, all that good stuff like we normally do uh on the docket for today's show we are going to talk about the track listing for the black panther soundtrack to be revealed we are also going to talk about jay-z and his appearance on cnn this week and we will also be talking about let's see here i got the list right here ladies and gentlemen there's one more thing to be discussed and that is the grammy ceo you know kind of getting into a little bit of hot water for some comments that he made during the live uh, presentation of the grammys and he clarified it but nonetheless we will dive into that to see where the all the discourse lies however with all that said you guys already know that i like to start off the show by getting some stuff off my chest so to speak so on that end it is time to let that is breathe let this bitch breathe (sighs) yep indeed definitely gotta let that happen so with that being said um it is the second day of february which means only one thing and one thing only. It is Black Panther Month. Uh, sorry, I mean Black History Month. Excuse me. It's Black History Month. <laughs> but yeah, no, for real though. It is Black History Month, as we all know. So there's definitely a lot of things to celebrate and to commemorate within this month. Um, and one of the things that, you know, as black Canadians, as what we should be doing in particular, is celebrating the legacy of black Canadians and those who paved the way uh, for many people of color within Canada. Uh, we're always quick to celebrate, you know, the usual names like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, which we should, you know, because they made their contributions in America. Uh, but for all the people who are in Canada, and I do, oh, I am aware that I have both Canadian and American listeners, but for all my listeners in Canada in particular, we should be aware of the people who made breaking ground within this nation because if it weren't for them, then us being here would be much more difficult than what we've already experienced anyways. So I think we should pay homage to all the black Canadians who have done their part in making this nation what it is, true, north, strong, and free. Uh, With that said, normally for the, um, for the, uh, what do I like to call it? The, um, the flashback Friday segment of the day for, for ever since 2015. So about three years running, I've been playing throwbacks from all the uh, artists from like the 60s and the 70s who samples we've used within hip hop. So I played James Brown. I've played 
uh, Isley Brothers. I've played not all, but I've played a lot, so to speak. But this year, I want to do something different because I am talking about Black Canadians. I want to play records that a lot of us grew up listening to in the '80s and the '90s, maybe early 2000s, if possible, so that we can pay homage to a lot of the Canadian artists that kind of gave us our initial sound and kind of you know give it gave us that boost going forward. So I will be playing a Canadian old school record uh, near the end of the show and. Um, I will reveal who that is later on once we get to that segment. Now, keeping in theme with the Black History uh, Month theme, so to speak, <laughs> um, I can't wait till Black Panther comes out, man. It's only two more weeks. I've been waiting on this for so long. I mean, theoretically speaking, I've been waiting on this my entire life. Uh, but realistically, I've been waiting on this ever since they announced that this would be a movie. And that was way back in 2014. Man, I was patiently waiting. Um, but... There's so much to discuss about this movie. What I like about this movie, you know, never mind, you know, who's in it and like and what it, what it means for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that stuff, but I just love the fact that it's impacting so many people who either are black and comic book fans who now feel represented in in a genre that they, they love, but it's also representing people who don't necessarily get to see a positive image of themselves on the bigger screen. On TV every now and again, sure, but we've never seen it at this level before mind you there have been black superheroes in the past in cinema but not of this magnitude especially when you look at all the star power which is in this movie and also the uh the landscape of the film as well the geographical landscape it takes place within africa and i can't remember the last time other than maybe let's say uh coming to america where there was a movie with this much black people that took place in Africa that shows black people in a positive light. Now, mind you, coming to America, that was more of a comedy, so I don't want to compare the two. But as far as like geographical locations are concerned, I think that's the last time I really saw Africa take front and center stage, You know, whether it was a fictional nation or not. Because outside of that, we're so used to seeing it in a much more different light, a much more opposite light than what we're about to see right now. Like We're used to seeing people in bondage, in slavery, in genocidal situations, in apartheid situations, and black people, we're just tired of that. We're just tired. Like we're all we are already aware of the fact that we were once slaves, and you know, technically speaking, some of us still to this day are, if you want to go into the metaphorical sense. But you know, physically speaking, I should say, we we know the history, we know the context behind it, and I don't feel as though Africa as a as a continent should be placed. In that predicament, I mean, there's so much more to the continent itself if you actually just did your research and see how many beautiful locations there are within that continent alone, as well as the capital cities that you, that are within Africa. I mean, Accra is a beautiful destination. Lagos is a beautiful de- destination. Nairobi, uh, so many different places within that continent are beautiful and should be listed as vacation destinations, but they don't get that respect that other places do because of stereotypes let's be honest i mean how many times have you watched the documentary and they say that africa as a whole is some worn torn desolate continent that loses millions and millions of people each and every day due to hiv and aids and all these things i mean on a macro level there are some there are certain places that africa as a continent goes through but that's not to paint it with a broad brush to say, yeah, that's all of Africa. Africa is just one big giant desert that people are starving to get out of. No, 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 no. That is not the case at all. Absolutely not. I mean, if you really want to 
get a list of destinations within Africa you want to go to as far as countries and all that is concerned, I can give you at least 10 right off the top of the dome. Easy. I mean, it's, it's not even difficult for me, man. I mean, if you want to go to somewhere that has like a lot of palm trees, like almost white sandy beaches and clear blue water, look none other than Labadi Beach in, Ga- in Ghana. Like that is a beautiful, beautiful beach destination. I mean, South Beach is cool. Venice, yeah, sure. It's, it's nice. It's nice. It's cute almost. But if you really want that, that warm feel, that warm, tangible feel, you want to feel like you're somewhere exotic, Go to Labadi Beach. I'm telling you, that place, I've never been there before, but, like, I've seen it before. I have cousins who've been there as well. Listen, the pictures do not lie. I mean, it's not like a blind date where you look at the picture and it's like, yeah, yeah, she's cute in the picture. But then you go into the date and it's like, eh, is that what I bargained for? No, Labadi Beach is exactly what you bargained for. So that is just a sample size of what you can expect if you were to take a vacation to any nation within Africa and just kind of going back to the Black Panther thing it all comes down to positive representation at the end of the day and I will sprinkle a little bit of nuggets here and there about the Black Panther film throughout this entire episode because it does play somewhat of a role within our Trip Talk segment and also our Wankster of the Week segment I'm going to lean in onto that one as well but with all that said we got to get to our first commercial break of the day and when we come back from the break eventually I have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in studio and we are going to pontificate on a number of things. Uh, but with that said, we are going to go to our first record of the day. And this one is called Pylons. And it is from my man, Oshan. So we'll be right back after these messages. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. Once again, that was my man, Everything Oshawn, with Pylons. Make sure you go cop his new EP. Well, not so new, but his latest EP, rather, entitled Almost Everything Oshawn. It is definitely a banger. Now, speaking of bangers, I have a guest in studio who is listening to constant bangers on a regular basis she fancies herself (laughs) right she fancies herself as a music and sports enthusiast um but she has her own brand she works with a lot of artists and a lot of uh public figures as well and she works with them to strengthen her brand as well as well as theirs as well uh and she's well connected and I kind of consider you somewhat of a socialite as well. You know, I, I feel like I can kind of put that in, into your repertoire as well, uh, most definitely. But most importantly, um, very knowledgeable, very, very, very outgoing, and just very personable as well. Can have a conversation about almost anything, which is why Thank I always know. find it to be a joy to have you on my show, even though it's only the second time. The second time in counting, I should say. <laughs> but nonetheless, ladies and gents, I have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the building. What's up, Cool Radio? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here again. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time you are here. It was a bit warmer, uh, a bit warmer. Definitely. <laughs> but definitely, we could definitely yeah. heat things up with all the stories and all the banter that we're going to get into. Absolutely. All right, all right. So let's get into it. Before we get into it, I'm just going to need you to adjust the mic just a little bit up top. There we go. Yeah. So we can hear your... Good? Oh, that's perfect. Okay. We can hear your okay. lovely and talented voice. Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so tell us about what you've been up to uh, since the last time you were on Cool Radio. What have I been up to? I've just been grinding and trying to find my own way because mm-hmm. the last year was really tough. I mean, the mm-hmm. job market, especially for professional jobs, yep. is terrible. It's so I'm um, really just staying positive and saying my affirmations and knowing what my skills are. And mm-hmm. um, I pretty much spent a lot of time building mm-hmm. my agency, right? planning it. I haven't, I'm yet to really launch the services, but... Right. 
you know, with a lo- I had a lot of idle time, I guess. So I spent that building my business, and that's what I'm going to focus on. Absolutely. Speaking of your business, mm-hmm. uh, Creative Engage is, is the title of your business, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, so tell us what you've been up to with Creative Engage and, you know, the new uh, strategies that you've, that you've been wanting to implement with them. Yeah, so what I've really been working on is uh, developing the marketing services that I'll offer. So right. consulting, market research, mm-hmm. marketing planning, and um, events. Right. So it's really helping artists to identify their brand mm-hmm. as well as creating a plan to execute right. their release of some sort, whether it's a mixtape, whether it's a single. Right. I just want to help them actually um, strategize instead of just throwing music out there right absolutely you know kind of build a plan follow the template of that plan yeah and then yeah Yeah. just you know treat it like a chess game actually because you know from from what i've noticed um you know i feel like a lot of artists say you can kind of blame this on like the mixtape era so to speak uh one of the negatives i should say is like oversaturation like people will just put out music put out music for the fear of being forgotten because Mm -hmm. hip-hop unfortunately kind of has a what have you done for me lately? Uh, exactly. uh, stigma to it. Exactly. So I feel like some artists kind of fall victim to it and say, okay, I got to put out a new song like every week every- or like every month or <laughs> yep. put out a new mixtape. And it's just like, yep. sometimes we may get tired of it if you're not really switching it up or if it's not really being packaged into something, you know, tangibles or so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I feel like something like that, like what you're offering is very important, very crucial because this could be the difference between an artist being trendy exactly. and having longevity as yep. well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Mm-hmm, definitely. Before we go on, I, I just want to comment. I really like your hair. Like I'm look, I'm digging like the whole natural look that you're doing right natural now. I just, thing. Yeah. Thank you. No, no, I, I just had to put that out there. I'm just saying. Like I don't know. Whenever I see, whenever I see like a black woman sporting natural hair, no matter how long or short it is, I yep. appreciate it. You know yep. what I mean? Because it takes time to like maintain and develop and get the style that you wanted to. So I just want to say I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. It's oh, actually right. easier to maintain than it seems. Okay, okay. Definitely. I I believe you on that. <laughs> now, let's get into some some more, you know, music related topics. <laughs> so, one of the things I wanted to discuss was the uh the Grammys actually. So, I don't know if you watched the whole Grammys or you caught the highlights or what have you. I actually didn't get to watch the Grammys. That's fine. I didn't either. I actually you, PBR'd oh, you didn't it. Watch? Oh, I PBR'd okay. it. I, um, <laughs> I just kind of saw what people were talking about, but right. I didn't even um really see many highlights and stuff from it. I've just been in my own world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, there's so many things like that night. Like, I had so many things to do. Like, I had to, like, cook for the rest of the week. Um, I had to, like, there's some other things I wanted to watch on television as well. So I was caught, like, I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, I, I PVR'd it, basically. But what I did catch uh, was Kendrick's uh, opening performance mm-hmm. of the night. And it was really cool because he integrated Dave Chappelle into it as well. Right. And it almost seemed like halfway through, Dave Chappelle jumped into the in, into the performance, and I thought, like, is is the performance done? Like, what's happening? <laughs> but no, nah, it was kind of like a narration segue, so I, I thought that was really original, you know what I mean? But anyways, uh, basically what I want to kind of get into with the, with the Grammys in regards to that is, like, the, the, the highlights of it. So one of the highlights was the fact that Kendrick took home five of the eight awards that he was nominated for, including Best Rap Album, which, Amazing. honestly, it was the best album yeah. of 2017. I mean, I, I can go into detail about oh, that, yeah, but I won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> but, yeah, he took home, he took home Grammy nominee. He took home the honors for that. Um, he Or not he, but uh, Bruno Mars took home the honors of, I right. believe he won Record of the Year, and also he won Album of the Year for 24 Karat. Um but despite all that, there are some people out there who are saying, you know, hip hop was yet again a victim 
of, of the Grammys, mm-hmm. basically. So people were pointing out that Jay-Z, who was nominated for eight awards, took home zero. zero. Yeah. And how I think SZA was nominated for about three awards, including Best New Artist, which a lot of people thought she was going to win. She lost out to uh, Alessia Cara, you know, branch representative. Shouts <laughs> to Can- Canadians everywhere. Um, but, um, yeah, she lost out to her, and she took home zero awards as well. Um, so despite all that, I mean, based on what you read and what have you, like, what did you think – of the representation of hip-hop, not just hip-hop, but, like, black music in general at the Grammys. Do you think that we were a bit further ahead this time? Were we, did we take a few steps back? Well, like, what was your gauge on it based on what you've read? Well, I actually didn't even get to really read many articles on it, but okay. just based on Kendrick Lamar getting five awards yeah. um, that night, that's definitely a that's big step yes. in the music direction of music. You know, 444 might have not gotten anything, but right. I wouldn't say that really determines... The black representation. Of course, um, yeah. It was a good album, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, just having someone like Kendrick actually win that many awards is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I can't remember the last time a rapper cleaned up big like that yeah, at exactly. the Grammys. Because, like, he took home Best Rap Album, I think <laughs> Best Rap Song Collaboration for uh, uh, Loyalty. Uh, he took home Best Rap Best rap song for Humble. I think best rap performance for Humble as well. I can't remember the fifth award that he won, but like he cleaned up pretty nice. Um, for me personally, I thought, you know, based on the clips that I did see and based on what I did read, I thought hip hop did well. I mean, Jay Z, for example, I mean, his legacy is already cemented. So maybe this was the album that a lot of people wanted to see him win awards for because it's one of his most important albums. Yeah. Like it's debatably within his top five. It's the most personal album that we've ever got yeah, from Jay-Z. Was, like, really vulnerable. It him. was. This is the Jay-Z I've been waiting for. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jay-Z's always been too cool for school, you know? Marcy. <laughs> oh. Love it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I just love the fact that he was so human yeah, on it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I, I can understand why people were mad that he didn't win an award uh, at all for that for that album. But nonetheless, the, the art speaks for itself. Like, you don't exactly. need... Grammy validation or MTV validation or anything mm-hmm. like that to, to say that that was a great album. We yeah. we know because we listened to it. Yeah. So I'm not mad at the fact that he didn't win any awards for the mm-hmm. album. And plus, he has like what at least 20 Grammys to his name already. Um, exactly. As far yeah, as yeah. far as SZA goes, I mean, there's many more Grammys for her to come. Like exactly. I've listened yeah. to that Control album. Yeah. I was late on that. I was a late bloomer on that album. Uh, but I loved what I heard from that. Like she was very, she was vulnerable as well, but she was always very blunt. Like I almost mm-hmm. felt like. Mm-hmm. I also feel like I was listening to a guy, <laughs> in a sense, which I can appreciate because yeah. sometimes you know women, you know, they may have the there may be the stigma with women that if they're too abrupt with their sexuality, what mm-hmm. have you, then it stigmatizes them. Um, but for her, like, I didn't mind listening to what she was saying at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the only issue may come is if that's all you talk about. Right, right. But then in general, if you only talk about one thing, then you're a one-dimensional artist in general mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just appreciate the fact that she's very blunt, very open. Um, it almost she almost had like a like an Erica Badu feel, feel to it, yeah. in a sense. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I thought hip hop was re- represented very well. I love the fact that Bruno Bruno, Bruno, Bruno Mars won yeah. album of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was that was one of my that was like my sub no that was my objective prediction. My subjective <laughs> yeah, yeah, prediction yeah. was yeah. Kendrick, of course. Kendrick, yeah. But my objective prediction, you know, based on everything that was happening, like how many hit singles he had on that album yeah. and all that, I was like, you know what. Bruno kind of sounds like the <laughs> safest bet, and when he won, I'm like, you know what? Well deserved. Like it, like it wasn't my first choice, but it was well yeah, deserved well though. Deserved, yeah. And what I like about him is that he gives props where a prop star do. Mm-hmm. He knows he wasn't the inventor of the sound that he yeah, did, yeah. 
he knows that he was influenced by all these artists like Teddy Riley and, and Keith Sweat and the leaders of the uh, of the uh, the New Jack Swing movement and all that. And he gave them praise when he accepted his award for album of the year. And you you got to give it up to him. Like as long as he knows like where he's coming from, and what have exactly. you, you can't get mad, right? I was just I I just would have been upset if Lord won it because you see like all these <laughs> men of color you know representing hip hop and R&B and black music and you see like the, you see like the little white girl he's like hold on we got one we got one hold on don't get too happy black people right? oh my gosh I know <laughs> to be fair I, I haven't listened to her album so I can't really I judge but still yeah. that crop like you've never seen such a blackified list of like black artists right. or artists of color within one one. Uh, one category, especially yeah. when it was album mm-hmm. of the year. That's the big, in my eyes, that's the big one. It's a big you know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm an album guy, but it ain't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like honestly, like I hope the Grammys kind of takes this step further as well because it speaks to the fact that they're aware of the fact that hip hop is the most profitable source of music yeah, out right now, mm-hmm. basically. And that's an official tagline. Um, do you feel that the Grammys will kind of take that approach that they did this year and kind of implement it, you know, going forward possibly? I do think so. I think just in general, a lot of brands have started to cater towards the hip hop uh, community, the black community, yep. and because they know we're such a big market. Yep. So I definitely can see the Grammys um, starting to go more towards hip hop, mm-hmm. giving those guys a chance yep. to win more so than the typical Taylor Swifts and yep. whoever the else. Justin Timberlakes. <laughs> Miley Cyrus, whenever yeah. she pops back up. <laughs> yeah, like she had a song, she did a duet with Elton John, actually. I'm just like, oh, privilege must be nice. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, Young Thug is supposed to do a song with El- Elton John. Really? Well, I'm just making shit up, but I know Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got I scared for a second. I'm like, hold on, well, what? No, but El- Elton John's a fan of Young Thug. Is so. he really? Yeah, he is. Wow. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right, man. I feel like a lot of mainstream sources are paying attention to hip-hop mm-hmm. music, and they are using it in their marketing. You know, um, the Black Panther film is using a lot of hip-hop for its marketing. Um, even um, they have a commercial for the new Lexus vehicle that they have coming out, right. or whatever, yeah, and that, that. vehicle is featured mm-hmm. in, in the movie. Um, and they used some hip-hop for that. They used... Um, right? Product placement's <laughs> a beautiful thing. I mean, hell, they used Run the, uh, the song... Um, what's it called? Legend has it from Run the Jewels. And they're more of like an underground-ish underground, type of group. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's one thing for mainstream rappers to get those product placements. But when you get like underground guys getting it, it's like, wow. Like that's, that's, yeah, that shows you something. Placement. Yeah, it's great. That shows you something. But uh, let's go from you know the, the booth to the hardware. Let's talk about some NBA. Because <laughs> I know you're, you're a basketball fan. Yay. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this trade between Blake Griffin and Tobias Harris and a few other Piston players, you know, him going from LA to Detroit. In your mind, was that a good move? In my mind, was that a good move? Yeah. I think it was. Okay. Um, it was a shocking move yes. to me, definitely, because mm-hmm. I did not see that coming at all. Blake Griffin to Detroit. Yeah. Uh, who wins? Who wins? Um, definitely after that performance that Blake Griffin had last night. Yeah, yeah. Detroit definitely is looking up from here. Right. Even though they, they started the season pretty well. So yeah. With him added onto the team, it looks like they're going to be um, going up from here. And um, Clippers got a good one in Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see uh, <laughs> how it all meshes out, really. I think so. I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh it was very weird for me. Like, yeah. I can't say it was good. I can't say it was bad. I just say it was very weird. And I say that it's weird because of the fact that the Clippers, I don't know how bad they think they can be going, 
you know, going forward with the rest of the season, right? Because now they're in an obvious rebuild. They want to yeah. tear it all down. They want to get a high draft pick, start mm-hmm. from the start from the top mm-hmm. or start from the bottom rather. Mm-hmm. And my thing is this. If you knew you were going to do this, why didn't you just do it in the summertime? Yeah. Like, why did you woo Blake Griffin into re-signing with the team, giving him, like, this elaborate, uh, you know, wooing fest, so to speak, exactly. where, like, you got, like, this choir to sing right. his praises and mm-hmm. all that, and you gave him that huge, huge contract of, like, $170 million. <laughs> like, if you knew you, or you at least had an inclination that you guys were going to exactly. go through a teardown, then why not just do it in the summertime? It should, To me, it should have happened when Chris Paul left. Because he's the anchor of Lob City, right? So when he's out, it should have just been done from there. But instead, they're like, you know what? No, we're going to see how it plays out. Didn't play out to the way they wanted to thus far because of injuries, because yeah. of whatever the case I think may the be. Injuries is kind of why they decided to do this now. Yeah. Instead of in the summer off season. Yeah. They didn't see those injuries coming. and <laughs> I guess so, but. Yeah, breaking things down. And I hear that, but at the same time, it's like they're not completely out of playoff spot. They're, they're only, yeah, they're not. They're, they're ninth. Yeah. And Lou Williams is like carrying them essentially. Yeah. So it just felt very weird that you would do it right mm-hmm. now in the midway point of the season. And going to the Detroit side, you would think Detroit would be looking for like more shooters because they don't really have a right. lot of depth in that area. Tobias Harris, I think, was probably their best shooter. Yeah. And he was only 25 as well, but you let him go. So now you have a clogged up exactly. middle area, basically, where you're trying to do like a repeat of what New Orleans is doing mm-hmm. with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Get well, by the way. I'm not a big fan of him, but... I love Cousins. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. I don't like his attitude. I like the way he plays, but I don't like his attitude. But nonetheless, I give props for what props to do. Get well. I don't want to see anyone get injured like that at all. Um, but yeah, with that said, it's like... I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird fit. Like, I get it. They want to fill seats in the arena because like it's a brand new arena yeah. that they have. So I get it from a money standpoint. They want to attract a big name. But... It's just a weird, weird transaction on both ends, in my opinion. Unexpected. Definitely did not see that coming. Like, no rumors, no nothing in the prior weeks of the trade. Yeah. Like, normally. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. For real. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely weird. But um, (laughs) speaking of deadlines, um, the deadline is next Friday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or February 7th. It's sometime next week, basically. Um, Do you think... Or no, not even do you think. Do you, do you feel as though the Raptors should make a move tr- come trade deadline? No. Okay. No. They're good how they are right now. I agree. And I believe Masai has kind of kept this um, going the last couple of seasons of not making a move during the right. um, the midseason um, free agency. So yeah. I don't think they should make a move. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, first and foremost, I believe in Messiah. Uh, he is yeah. the Messiah he of the Toronto Raptors. He is definitely the Messiah. I call him Messiah Ujiri because that yeah. guy is God. Like, <laughs> anyone that can trade away Andrea Bargnani gets respect in my a eyes. <laughs> yeah, right? He is a legend. He's a legend. Yes. Uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, like like you said, he's not the type to pull the trigger during the midway mm-hmm. point of the season. Last year was the obvious exception when he brought in Ibaka, right, uh, exactly. of course, and P.J. Tucker, just because we were in a bad way at that time, so mm-hmm. we needed to make a move. Oh, yeah, that was in February. It was, that's yeah. <laughs> I think that's, like, the first time, like, the yeah. Raptors really made, like, a splash. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to lie. When I, like, I was just on my phone just, you know, scrolling through, and I got, like, an immediate alert saying, Serge Ibaka has been traded to the Raptors. I was like, yes, yes. Like, was looking at me like a crazy man. I'm just like, sorry guys, sorry. <laughs> Ball is life. I'm sorry. Continue on with your day. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, like I think like he's very he's very calculated because he wants the team to build up chemistry and what have you. Exactly. I think right now 
this team has looked more cohesive than they've ever looked. Like mm-hmm. everyone's passing the ball, they're spacing a lot yeah. on on offense. Even even Jonas Valanciunas is hitting threes, and like he's always had that soft touch anyway. Yeah. And he's not going to be a high volume three point shooter. He's going to shoot it when he's open, mm-hmm. and I think that's what he should be doing. Exactly. Um, I think it's like forty percent on threes right now. Mind you, the attempts aren't up as like Lowry's, for example. <laughs> yeah. But you'll live with that nonetheless. Um, I don't think they should trade him now. Uh, wait till the offseason so yeah. you get some feelings and see yeah, what happens exactly. then. Um, but definitely right now they should just stand pat. Yep. They're only two games out of the one spot. That's their main goal right now. Hopefully they will get it because Lord knows if we have to play against Cleveland again, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like It almost feels like Chicago Bulls and the Knicks. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But speaking of <laughs> Cavaliers, I mean, we've seen them you know, kind of like wet the bed for like the last couple of seasons when it comes to like the midway point of the yeah. season. But then they punk us all and say, now nah, we're turning on the switch and we're just going to sweep up everyone. And they've done that the last couple of years, which is why I'm not in full panic mode yet. Like I'm just, yeah, exactly. I'm just waiting till playoffs to see what they really do. Because right now, I still feel like, I, I feel like, the, I feel like they're trolling us right now. I still feel like I'm just superstitious that way. But with that said, they look pretty bad this year. <laughs> they look pretty bad. I'm not saying that it's a guarantee <laughs> that they're not going to make it out of the East. But at the same time, if I'm just going by the eye test, things look bad it's a toss-up yes here it's um oh my gosh where do you even begin with the Cavs like LeBron does have a way of carrying a team but Mm -hmm. now it's just everyone's dropping like flies Kevin Love um who else I mean Derek Rose went MIA twice I don't know what's going on apparently he got married this week that's false (laughs) 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 that that was a rumor oh was it a rumor okay that was a rumor um what else? And then IT started off the season injured. And he's and calling out he's Kevin kinda, Love, kind of. Yeah, there's a lot of drama going on with the Cavs, and they're not. They're definitely not doing well. Jay Crowder is not playing as well as he nope. did on the Celtics. Um, we're just gonna have to see what happens. Um, they are. They're that team in the playoffs where they just come out of nowhere and, mm-hmm. and start balling. But exactly. This year's a toss-up yeah, between Boston, Raptors. Right. It's very Cavs, unpredictable. Yeah. Very unpredictable at this point. Uh, what I will say is this. I feel like when it comes to Jay Crowder, he is kind of like their version of Damari Carroll, where you brought him in expecting him to do right. like big things on his end, but has really delivered thus exactly. far. I feel like guys like them are system guys. They play very well in a particular system, yeah. but bring them out of that system, then their flaws get highlighted a lot more. And I feel like that's what's happening with Jay Crowder. Um, I feel I just feel like that this team has too many egos at the end of the day because you got mm. you got either you have either current all stars or former all stars, or you have guys who got overpaid and they feel like they're the ish because of their contract, exactly. but they're not living up to it. Mm. Cough, cough, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> oh cough, cough, J.R. <laughs> Smith. I'm just saying, like those, those guys. guys when am I? Yeah, they're not worth the money. I'm sorry. At least with Derrick Rose, he's a low risk, low reward mm-hmm. kind of guy because you only sign him for the veterans minimum. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if he wants to go MIA, hey, do you boo? <laughs> uh, but do you boo? yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, you gotta do something. He ain't doing uh, balls, so gotta do something. <laughs> but basically, um, yeah, just too many egos on this team. Whereas you look at Golden State Warriors, for example, 
you have guys on the team who are like top 20. You have like four players on the top 20 list in, in the league, in my opinion, but they all know their roles. Draymond, yeah. Draymond Green is a glue guy. Uh, Clay Thompson is a spot-up shooter. Uh, Stephen Curry is your, your primary ball handler. It could be your number one or number two scorer, depending on what given night. And KD is probably like your best all-around guy overall. Mm-hmm. And everyone else in between knows their role. Sean Livingston knows roles, his role when he comes off the bench. Iguodala, uh, same as uh, uh, Swaggy P, Nick Young. Yeah. Uh, even Zaza Pachulia knows his role, too. He knows he's not going to do anything fancy he's just there to mm-hmm. be the fifth guy yeah. you know in the starting yeah. lineup right yeah, so for years the uh the warriors have known how to play yeah as a team so that's that's why they're doing so well exactly and i just feel like i feel like the Cavs are just trying to play pick up with them right now i feel like they're just trying to get any and every piece possible to match mm-hmm. firepower with firepower but i feel like in the process they've lost their identity i don't think they know who they are anymore yeah um i honestly don't think Ty Lu um is knows what he's doing as a head coach yeah um, they're lost he was okay as um an as assistant, an assistant yeah but as a head coach it doesn't seem like he's really really has the guys together he really does i think maybe it was two years ago when they won the title i think that year they kind of had it together you know what that i was mean the, like half split year when like um david Blatt yeah. was still co- coaching yeah tyloo took over exactly mm-hmm. whereas last year they had a rough patch but then they yeah. got started in the yeah. playoffs and then this year uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm not gonna be like, yeah, they're out. Of, they're out of the running for sure. Uh, but again, I just don't know. It's just weird right now. Uh, what I will say is this, however, never mind getting out of the East. If we're just if we're just talking like standings and what have you, who do you see taking the number one seed by the time we get to mid-April? In the East? Yes. Hmm. Mid-April. Hmm. I think the Celtics are going to have that. Okay. That one. Um, I feel like it's going to end up being one of those situations where the Raptors and the Celtics kind of go back and forth between yeah. one and two. Mm-hmm. But I feel like come playoff time, Celtics. Right. Um, that no, that's that's a very that's a very um, respectable guess. Um, I mean, before the season started, I predicted the Celtics would get the number one seed as well. Uh, right. But that was before the season started. Mm-hmm. But seeing how the Raptors have played thus far, I'm just like. They could sneak in and get it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they will. I hope they will as a fan. I hope they yes, do get that one exactly. seed. That would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> objectively speaking, yeah. I'll say this. Objectively speaking, it's between the Raptors and the Celtics. Yeah. I think it's clear as yeah. day to see that. Because mm-hmm. Cleveland doesn't care about the one seed anymore. They've, they've, they've already expressed that. <laughs> uh, uh, but as far as, as far as the Raptors and the Celtics, they're going to duke it out back and forth. I would say that the Raptors have the more favorable schedule going forward because they have no more West Coast trip mm-hmm, games mm-hmm. Uh, at, throughout this point of the season. So I feel like they need to use that to their advantage as exactly. well as having a healthy roster for the most mm-hmm. part. So hopefully they can get it done. Realistically speaking, I mean, realistically speaking, they could get it too. But if I had to make a guess. <sighs> Where are you going, man? <sighs> You know what? <laughs> I'm going with my heart. I'm going with the Raptors. I don't You're care. Ra- I don't care. I don't care. I, I'm a hopeless romantic. I want them to get that one seed. I will be very <laughs> happy if they're the one seed, yeah. but I try not to get my hopes too high. Right, 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 right. And, um, you know, DeMar is playing at a different level yes. this, this season. Um, but I still – Kyle, he's, you know, playing like Kyle, his usual mm-hmm. um, self. He, but he, I don't feel like he's been as um, – effective as he was last right so i think it's really damar that's been on fire yeah no like other guys i agree like Mm -hmm. 
in past years, we've debated who the leader of the team is. Is yeah. it Larry? Is it DeRozan? Yeah. This year, it's DeRozan. Yeah. No questions exactly. asked. I feel like when Larry has to play the same he has because of the fact that, A, he's adjusting to the new system, yeah. which he has already openly admitted, and, B, he's playing with less minutes because they yeah. want to conserve him mm-hmm. come playoff time because usually this guy, you know, pops the tire, you know, mm-hmm. when the playoffs come. So we've seen that in the decrease in his points, but his assist numbers are still up. Yeah. He's still within that 40 percentile area in terms of three-point shooting, and his defense is still as strong as it's ever been. I think his rebounding went up, actually. I think he's averaging six rebounds <laughs> a game now, which is stupid for a guy who's only six feet tall. Yeah. So defensive end, he's, he's stepped up. Offensive end, he's, he's taking a step back a little bit, mm-hmm. but I don't mind that, though. Yeah. Like, if it, if it means – being healthy come playoff time, I'm all here for it because yeah, DeMar's exactly. picking up the slack. And also the rotation is picking up the slack. Yeah, I love DeLon, I love right? I love Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Pascal's a hustle guy. Like, yeah. every man just sticks to the role, and I appreciate that. I love it. I love the um, that we got Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Um, from when he was in college, I was like, this guy's amazing, right? Yeah. So I was just, when I saw Masai um, picked him up, I was like, see Masai being a magician, like always. He is he the Messiah. Where the talent <laughs> is, so um, mm-hmm. when he picked him up, I was happy about that. And it's mm-hmm. obviously showing that he can play on this team. Absolutely. And like, in the NBA, period. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, I feel like ever since, um, I feel like since December, his play has really stepped up. Mm-hmm. And he's not letting up. Not at all. Like, even a three-point shooting, I've noticed, has kind of improved yeah. as well. Yeah. And I feel like he plays in a similar vein to Lowry. Not saying he's on Lowry's level, but, like, I feel like they have a similar playing style. Probably because they have the same body structure. Yeah. They have, like, the same, like, uh, same level of, like, dribbling and yeah. what have you. So, you can tell he's learned a thing or two from Lowry, which is really good to see. But exactly. I'm really curious to see if the Raptors can pull that off to pull off the one seed. Because then... I feel as though their destiny is in their own hands at that yeah, point. Exactly. You know what I mean? That would be so amazing. <laughs> yes, because I'm not trying to run to Cleveland again. But then again, depending on where they fall, I mean, maybe it's better if they fall to the fourth seed and we meet them in the second round because then they won't smell the blood as much, you know, so to speak. But if we meet them in the conference finals, yeah. it's like, shit. It's like, damn it, die, die. Why won't you die? <laughs> I know, I know. It's yeah. just that the thing is, no matter what, LeBron is just that player um, that – he has that killer instinct. He does. He can um he can take his team to the <laughs> to the conference finals and the finals um mm-hmm. even if they're slacking. So you never know. Exactly, exactly. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Mm-hmm. By the way, before we switch to the next segment, shout out to that Facebook group, uh, Ball is Life. You know, I love the guys in that group. They're always talking Ball a whole bunch of ball. Oh, ball. Yeah, yeah. It gets real in there. It gets real in there. Fun fact: I'm actually the only Canadian in that group. Are so you? go well, figure. Yeah. I stay in um <laughs> slam online comments oh wow section. do you not not on facebook but on instagram okay they post something i'm like adding my two cents so that's that's my spot fair <laughs> enough fair enough i can get with that i can get with that uh let's get on to the games portion shall we so we're gonna cut one of the games out uh this week just for you know time purposes and what have you uh so we're gonna get to another favorite game of mine and this one is entitled i'd quit the game and it goes oh. a little something like this <laughs> every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. All right. So I definitely did play this game last time with you. But, you know, just to refresh your memory, you are living the uh, oh. eligible bachelorette oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's coming back to me. It's coming back to me. <laughs> but nonetheless, you are wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, mm-hmm. jet fly, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point in everyone's life where they got to quit the game. Yep. So they got to settle down, have the uh, the white home with the white picket fence, <laughs> the apple the uh, apple pie cooling on the windowsill, the tire swing, the Spud McKenzie looking dog, all that good <laughs> stuff. So 
If you had to quit the game for one of these two gentlemen that I have handpicked today, who would you quit the game for? Hmm. Would you? <laughs> if you got some good options. I, I, I hope I do. I mean, I, <laughs> hey, I, I can't judge, right? So I got to let you be the judge of this. Uh, would you quit the game for Michael B. Jordan? Or would you quit? <laughs> Her face is killing me right now. Would you quit the game for Michael B. Jordan? Or would you quit the game for Chadwick Boseman? Michael B. Jordan... Easily. Oh, easily. Okay, easily. okay. Okay, when you give me that look the first time around, you're like, yeah, so it's very hard to well, read. it's just because, um, I, okay, I don't want to really, I've, I've seen him in person, I've met him in person, so right. it's like, I know what he looks like, so it's like, it's, it's okay. funny that you met, uh, you mentioned that, so that, yeah. that was what that face was. Oh, okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, How'd you meet him? Or, or has seen well, him in person, rather? it was during Caravana Weekend, so uh. he was out here, and um, just at a party randomly yeah i wasn't expecting to see him there and i was right. like whoa <laughs> yeah so yo you're creed <laughs> like, you are that guy yeah that everyone loves so. right right now nah, I, I like michael b jordan he's a good guy um like like i'm saying that like i've like, met him before <laughs> but uh but no like I, I i like all the roles he's been in he was in chronicles yeah. he's in creed of course mm-hmm. he played wallace in the wire way back yeah, in the day i definitely cried when um they killed yeah him. i was expecting i was like that's how he, he's dead yeah what <laughs> Did I, what I was like, oh, shit, this, this show's real. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, they weren't playing no one game. came to save him? <laughs> it was just like they assumed that he, he snitched, and he didn't, from what I remember. Yeah, no, he didn't snitch. He, did he was in witness protection. I remember that. He had to move to the south for a minute, and then he came back, and they're like, yeah, kill him. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's that kind of show. Okay, I, did, I wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, they definitely did. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in Black Panther mainly because of mm-hmm. the fact this will be the first time that I've ever seen him play a villain. Really? And I'm very curious to see that. But with that being said, we are going to go to our next commercial break of the day. Uh, if you're just tuning in, I am your host, DM Cool. I have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the studio. And we are going to play a record that was just released not too long ago that will feature on the Black Panther soundtrack. Woo! And when we come back, that will be one of the topics of discussion for our Trip Talk segment. And this one is called Pray For Me, and it features Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd. So keep it locked. We will be right back. After these messages, <laughs> yeah. Cool cats and cool kittens. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still got the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the studio. Say what's up to the people if you can get that fake ready. What's up? What's up? What's up? We just angling cameras right now, trying to get that right shot in there. The right angles. Right, right. Absolutely. But nonetheless, let us discuss the topics that we have lined up for Trip Talks. That's three topics, three of the hottest topics that took place in pop culture and just mainstream media this week. And with that being said, let's get to it. So, during the Grammys, um, there's always a portion during the show where the president, or rather the CEO, I should say, of the Recording Academy addresses the, the crowd about new plans that they have happening and things of that nature. Now, the gentleman goes by the name of Neil Portnow. Uh, however, what had happened is he... Uh, Says some words about you know women within the music industry, mm-hmm. and I feel like those words were kind of misconstrued in a sense, right. just based on the way he uh, phrased it. So the headline says that uh, he suggested that women in the industry need to step up. Now, in the exact line in which what he said, he said the following, and I quote: "As I scroll to the quote, he said, <clears throat> let's see here. 
He said, I'm just looking for that quote right now. Don't mind me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, is the quote not here? I thought the quote was here. You don't have a quote. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Get me together. Ah, there we go. I, I found it. Okay, I just need to scroll down a little bit. I'm just looking for the exact one. Okay, there we go. I got it. I got it. False alarm. I punked y'all like Cleveland's punking everybody right now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> here's what uh, Portnow said in that quote. I think it has to begin with women who have the creativity in their hearts and their souls, who want to be musicians, who want to be engineers, who want to be producers, who want to be part of the industry on an executive level to step up. So that was a quote that he said. So a lot of people misconstrued that as him saying that he didn't understand the plight that women go through within right. just the music industry, but mm -hmm. entertainment industry as a whole, society as a whole, if you really want to break it down to that level. Uh, so with that said, he said the following, and I quote, and in regards to the backlash and what have you, just so he could clarify his statements and what have you. Uh, he said in a, in a statement, and I quote, last night I was asked a question about the lack of female artist representation in certain categories of this year's Grammy Awards. Regre re regrettably, I used two words, step up, that when taken out of context, do not convey my beliefs and the point I was trying to, uh, trying to make. Our industry must recognize that women who dream of careers in face, uh, sorry, in music face barriers that men have never faced. We must actively work to eliminate these barriers and encourage women to live their dreams and express their passion and creativity through music. We must welcome, mentor, and empower them. Our community, our community will be richer for it. Uh, so based on the clarification statement that he made, uh, what are your initial thoughts to that as a whole? The step up statement? Yes. Yeah, definitely in the sensitive times that we have right now. Yeah. That was a terrible choice of word mm -hmm. to say step up. And um, there's so many women that put in work these days that just get overlooked, whether they look too good or they mm -hmm. don't look good enough. I mean, I feel like women are just automatically judged just based on their aesthetic right and the jump mm -hmm. so i mean even if they do have a voice we've got to put in 10 times the work to get heard absolutely like and like the same goes for like all marginalized groups whether it's women women mm -hmm. of color uh people of color in general right. um yeah like so many marginalized groups have to put in 10 times of work mm -hmm. to get recognized and it's funny you mentioned that as well we're talking about this because i remember last week i had a discussion with uh with the ocean and dj express about colorism within America, specifically within Latin America, yeah. and we were talking about the statements that Amara La Negra made mm -hmm. on The Breakfast Club about colorism within the Afro-Latin community yeah, and what yeah, have you, and yeah. how they have to work the darker people within that community have to work twice as hard, you know, to get roles in mm -hmm. soap operas and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So kind of going back to this, I mean, it's true. It, it is a struggle for women to get noticed within the music industry. Some of them get taken advantage of and, and yeah. you know, just so, just so their talents can be exploited for the use of other people as mm -hmm. well for a multitude of different reasons. Like I think of people like Kesha, for example, who's been basically held hostage by her yeah. producer and, and her label Crazy and all that situation. stuff. Like yeah. it's insane, mm -hmm. right? And I think she's still going through it right now. So... Definitely, it was a very poor choice of words or basically the way he used that phrase step up within yeah. the context of that mm. statement. My opinion as a whole, I think he meant well, but I just think he worded Word, it incorrectly. Yeah. So I'm not going to yeah. throw fire to his name and say shame, shame. Like, I think he's smart enough to know that like to make a statement like that on the biggest set of music where millions of people are watching mm -hmm. is going to look bad on him. So good for him for making that statement. Um, I don't even think that sounded like a PR statement. I think that was just a genuine statement from him. It sounded like it at the very least could be wrong, but again, 
I would at least think, you know, at the very least, that he's strategic enough to not make a bold statement like that to say, women, you have to step up because it's <laughs> your fault that you're not in the situation that you're in. Oh it's your fault that you haven't gone yeah. to accolades. I don't yeah. think it's anything like that. So good for him for clarifying that and for adding context into what he really meant by mm-hmm. that and how he wants to structure exactly. that statement. Exactly, because, I mean, sometimes you say stuff mm-hmm. and you don't realize you used it um, an incorrect word or a word mm-hmm. that doesn't really jive <laughs> really he's not gonna sit well with people so right. i mean at least he noticed that he made that mistake exactly and you know you mentioned the sensitive times that we're in i feel like a lot of people they love to react mm-hmm. before they regroup if you know what i mean exactly. like a lot of people don't really like to investigate the context yeah, exactly. of the situation exactly. they just want to hear one buzzword and then everything gets blocked yeah. out immediately and they, they just want to find an excuse to be mad. And I think that's kind of where the whole quote unquote social justice warrior stigma comes from, which I can understand. So I feel like it's when you hear things like this, you got to investigate the entire story. Yeah. And um, like you're saying, I'm pretty sure a lot of people just read the headline and Mm -hmm. saw that said to step up and ran with that. Yeah. Instead of actually clicking the article and exactly what, what, um, the full statement that he right. Made. It's like, oh, I'm mad now. Ah, like I want to be mad now. <laughs> I think people just need to chill. That's that's really what, what really yeah. what it comes down to. But yeah, no, kudos for him for making that statement. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was sincere with that statement. And you know, like yeah, going forward, I think like women uh, really do need to be appreciated a lot more with the music mm-hmm. because they make so many contributions to the music industry, no matter what genre they're in. And I feel like it's time to be recognized. I feel like within hip hop, especially. Yeah. There needs to be more than one woman in the mainstream. It can't just be oh, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. It can't just be Remy Martin. It can't just mm. be uh, Cardi B. There has to be a multitude. Yeah. It can't just be one and then knock one off and then put another one in there. There's got to be a multitude. I want to see more from Rhapsody. I want to see more from Snow the Product. Yeah. I want to see more from a lot more of the females within the mainstream so that the, the, the powers are balanced, mm-hmm. so to speak. Because I remember it was like that during the 90s, maybe up until the, the early, mid-2000s. There's definitely a lot of women rapping and I'm, i've i've taken a, uh, so many that are coming up yeah. right now so we're coming <laughs> we're yeah coming, I, I want y'all rappers. to come yeah. for sure i want y'all to come absolutely because mm-hmm. we need some balance in the force <laughs> we do need balance in the absolutely force. but nonetheless uh what do y'all think uh do you guys think that the ceo was uh, sincere with the statements do you feel otherwise Hit us up in the comment section once you post this up on YouTube or just hit me up on social media at cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. Next topic we got to discuss, we got to talk about Jay-Z, the Jigga Man, all that good <laughs> stuff. So earlier this week, mm-hmm, yep. That's my uncle right there. Absolutely. <laughs> that's your uncle, yeah. yeah that's my uncle. <laughs> Word, that's what's up, that's what's up. Um, earlier this week, yeah. he was on CNN and he was uh, conducting, well, not conducting an interview, he was an interviewee, rather. And basically the topics revolved around Trump and how he's been running the country, yeah. basically. Basically. So Jay-Z delivered his two cents on Trump, of course, and basically said how his rhetoric is very, rhetoric is very divisive and how his statement about Africa, uh, countries within Africa and Haiti and what have you were very ignorant, mm-hmm. to say the least, and how there's so much beauty within all those nations if you just, you know, pick up a book for a second and do some research. That's essentially what he said in the statement and how he shouldn't be taking credit and Trump, rather, shouldn't be taking credit for the decrease in black unemployment mm-hmm. within the country because he pointed out that it was Obama who led to the decrease in black unemployment within America and that Trump just kind of stepped in while the decrease while the decrease was continuing. Yeah. So they're just kind of going off the Obama platform, mm-hmm. which is what Trump is doing. So I feel like it was important. Me, personally, I feel like it was important that he mentioned that. Now, Trump, of course, 
in Trump fashion, <laughs> had to go on the offensive and responded to Jay-Z via Twitter and social media and basically stated that, you know, Democrats are just playing with the emotions of uh, the marginalized mm-hmm. communities and that he should be thanked for what he's been doing thus far. Um, now, in regards to Donald Trump, <sighs> do you think this guy needs to stay off social media? I definitely <laughs> think he needs to take a break from social media because yeah. I don't know why he reacts to every single thing mm-hmm. that people say about him. I mean, he's a president. He should know that he's going to get scrutinized. He's oh, going to yeah. get criticism all the time. So yeah. he literally responds to everything that um, that's said about him in the media. Or mm-hmm. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And um, what he said to Jay-Z, I mean, <laughs> kind of funny when I saw that too yeah. because I'm like, this guy is really ridiculous. Right. And I, I, I know he likes to get into a, a war of words with people, but mm-hmm. you don't want to get into a war of words with Jay-Z oh, of all right. people. He has made a living off of this for like 20 plus years. Yeah. I mean, come on. The man's track yeah. record is impeccable. Like, just don't do it. We don't believe you. You need more people, you know, in the words yeah. of Jay himself. Do not do it. Uh, but yeah, in regards to Donald Trump in, in that same vein, however, like him responding to every tweet or whatever. He just responds to it by calling it fake news, even though it's the truth. And on top of that, I mean, it, let's be honest. I mean, I'm going to be very blunt when I say this. It's small penis syndrome. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, I feel like he has to overcompensate with every harsh statement that yeah. he makes because of the fact that he's overcompensating for a lack of endowments, <laughs> so to speak. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, he's dated how many, like, want to be porn stars and all that yeah. stuff. Like, he just does it to, to fulfill his own ego at the end of the day. Um, and just... He, he, he's just a clown. I don't know how this guy's president. I don't know why America let this happen. I, um, I hope this guy gets impeached just for the sake of America, to be honest. <laughs> um, he's just a he's just a terrible human being. Like, there's no other way to put it. It's going to be an interesting role to see how the rest of his presidency goes. Yeah, because, like, the first year of it has been absolute trash. I mean, he gave a State of the Union address earlier this week as well, and I didn't see the address at all, but I just heard people saying now he was stating lies and how he's just kind of glossing over the truth mm-hmm. of some aspects and what have you. But, yeah, he's just been very terrible overall. And, like, if America votes him in, like, again for a second term then i'm tapping now it's like come on america like y'all <laughs> did it to yourselves this time <laughs> that's stupid to do that it's hey i mean again, they, they let like, bush have two terms i'm just saying <laughs> i mean i'm not a big political person but even bush was better than oh yeah Trump, i think so. i think we're all in agreement to that like yeah. when you think about it like i was actually having a conversation with my dad about this i'm like if you think about it in comparison to trump bush wasn't that bad he was just stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then my dad was just talking about, well, he did a few good things. Like he um, did a lot of philanthropic, philanthropic things for uh, for for Ghana in particular in, in, yeah. in certain structures, capacities, whatever. So I'm, I'm looking at my dad. I'm like, are you actually giving Bush a compliment? <laughs> like it was just weird to hear. You know what I mean? I but again, you know, in front of Trump, in comparison to Trump, like, any president can look good. Hell, Richard Nixon can look good. He's probably, like, one of the most terrible presidents in, in American history, so go figure. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think? Um, do you feel as though Trump should just stay off Twitter? Was Jay-Z correct in his anal- analysis of Donald Trump thus far? Again, hit me up on social media. Let me know in the comment section once you post this video and share your thoughts. And finally, on the topic I've been waiting for, <laughs> Black Panther! 
Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it just so happened to make news this week that the uh, soundtrack, the official soundtrack listing, has been revealed. So, of course, we all know by now that Kendrick Lamar and t- and Top Dog Entertainment mm-hmm. have been called upon to curate and produce the soundtrack uh, for songs that were made exclusively for the film and songs that were also inspired by the film. And he has a heavyweight list of artists who are going to be contributing to this uh, soundtrack. So we have, of course, Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. himself. We have Vince Staples. We have Anderson yeah. Pack. We have The Weeknd that we just heard right now. We have J-Rock. We have Future. We have a plethora of artists who are going to um, donate their talents into the making of this soundtrack. Um, Jolie, we were talking about this earlier in the broadcast, actually, yeah. about product placement and how big businesses and big corporations are leaning towards hip-hop um, to sell their products and what have yeah. you. Uh, do you see this as yet another example of that? Um, well, I mean, aside from the whole cast being black. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it just definitely makes sense, the partnership as, um, between TD and, and the Black Panther film. yeah. I feel like that's a perfect situation. Yeah, um, me Kendrick too. Kendrick Lamar <laughs> is definitely on that lane to make um, to make music for this type of movie. And right. Especially with the theme that Black Panther is going for. I mean, mm. a lot of people have kind of taken this um, civil rights kind of <laughs> movement <laughs> yeah. with the Black Panther films. Right. Even if, it's a, even if it's a comic movie. Right. I'm, you know, I don't know yeah, too yeah. much it's about okay. the comic It's stuff. okay. It's it, okay. No judgment. No judgment. It's it? Marvel, it's okay. Marvel, it's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of okay. Not... <laughs> it's a Marvel, so it's like, yes, just stop there. It's Marvel, yes. Okay, I got that. You got it, you got, got it. You're good, part. you're good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, that's, I like, the, I mean, from the track listing that I saw, right. it seems like it's going to be a solid uh, track. I think so too. I, I think so. I mean, I always love it when a movie comes out with a soundtrack as well, depending on what soundtrack mm-hmm. it is and like what movie it is. Of course, I think my personal favorite, just my personal favorite soundtrack of all time to a movie was the Space Jam soundtrack. Like that soundtrack. I don't know if you've ever listened to it before, but like it had banger after banger. Like so many classic records were on that man. It was it was a beautiful thing. I used to. I think that's what like I've always been into music, whatever. But like I think that was the first album I listened to. Like cognitively listen to from front to back and i remember just having like my dad's like big headphones like that for example plugging it into the amp mm. and just kind of jamming out for like an hour or so like every saturday or something like that just sitting in front of the speaker right. just you know i believe i can fly <laughs> you know what i mean like i just had fun with it but yeah like going back to black panther though i think it's so instrumental that kendrick lamar of all artists was curating this if it was somebody like let's say like future for example i'm like I'd still somewhat look forward to it, but it's like future Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. They don't really correlate. I mean, the brand. Um, this is definitely more Kendrick Lamar's brand. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Yes. Especially when you consider the fact how you know how many Afrocentric related topics he's he's tackled on. Especially when you listen to an album like To Pimp a Butterfly. Like it just makes that much more sense for him to jump on this. I mean, I would love to have heard the Black of the Berry on on this on this uh, soundtrack. It would have made a lot of sense, right? But what I don't think a lot of people are talking about is the fact that both Ryan Coogler and Kendrick Lamar are both from the L.A. area, basically. So there's obviously a connection. connection They're there, both yeah. around the same age. They're yeah, both in their exactly. 30s. Yeah. So they have that connection. They have their ears to the street all the time and what people are listening to and what have yeah. you. Um, so it's definitely a match made in heaven. It makes total sense. And I had a feeling that Kendrick would have 
some sort of involvement with the soundtrack. I didn't know he'd be curating it. That was above and beyond my expectation. I'm like, oh, I wanted a cake. You gave me the double decker cake. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Like, I'm good with this. So good luck. It's a very good look indeed. I love the caliber of artists that he has on there. There's different artists on there of different, you know, diasporas, what have you. Yeah. Like you have Kendrick who's black American. You have the weekend who's black Canadian, also of Eritrean descent mm-hmm. as well. Um one artist I really wanted to see on here that I don't see on here that I'm a little, just a little <laughs> perturbed at, you know, is Jadena because of his Nigerian heritage, oh, right? Yeah. So I feel like you have offered oh, yeah. something major to mm. that. But I'm not mad. It's cool. It's cool. Like, yeah, he may have been busy. Who knows? But either way, I'm happy with how things have turned out with the, the track listing. And I just feel like, man, this movie's going to do big numbers, man. It's going to do, gonna it's going to be solid. And, like, anyone who, like, whether you're a comic book fan or not, you just want to see something different. You just want to see proper representation. I'll get into a lot more of this in the final segment, but I definitely feel like... watching it for just something different. Right, right. Something different, exactly. Something refreshing. And who knows, for people who may not be into that whole comic book genre, you know, like you, for example, you just mentioned... This it might no, that's fine. You just mentioned it. I'm just laughing you up last. It's cool. I'm not judging it at all. I'm not judging it at all. If you're not, it's cool. Like some people love romantic comedies. I hate romantic comedies. It's it's too cliche in I my book. Like romantic comedies. I don't either, man. It's just like it just sets the wrong expectations. But yeah. that's just another conversation for another day. But again, for people who are not really into the genre of films, it may open their eyes to it, possibly, you know, to a certain extent, exactly. right? So you never know. It could be the gateway, uh, the gatekeeper, so to speak. But nonetheless, I feel like it's huge that you have. An ensemble of so many talented artists on the soundtrack, and I, for one, cannot wait for this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every guest that I've had since you know this whole Black Panther thing, just like, okay, Dan, we get it. You're a fan. Listen, I love hip hop. I love basketball, but I'm a nerd at heart. I love my comic book movies. I love my martial arts movies. That's why I got Bruce Lee on my T-shirt right now. Like anything I love, I will express my passion for unapologetically. That's just me. Like I'm a passionate guy when it comes to like my my passions essentially so can't wait for this film can't wait um but what do you guys think you know is this um is this what you guys have been expecting as far as the track listing goes as far as who is on this album who are you looking forward to hearing who's currently on this album as well share me your thoughts let me know hit me up in the comment section and when we post this on youtube hit me up on twitter at cool underscore radio and share your thoughts and now it is time for the flashback friday track of the day so let's get to it you guys already know, man. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you guys want to hear for the segment. And with that said, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I want to celebrate black artists who contributed to to the black music Canadian scene that's been happening for so long. And sometimes they get a lot of credit, sometimes they don't. But I want to make sure that this month they get the credit that they deserve because the music that we primarily play on the station and on the show in particular is hip-hop so with that being said and i feel like with this particular song i wanted to play today because it's it's actually the 20th anniversary of the specific record and all the artists who contributed to this record have played a huge and pivotal role uh within canadian music especially on the hip-hop front and i'm talking about a record that features the rascals cardinal fischel Shaclair, thrust checkmate i mean that is a heavyweight list of Canadian artists, not just from Toronto, but from Vancouver as well. And somehow, sometimes they get left uh, aside as well as any other city not named Toronto. So I, I want to encapsulate all of that when I'm talking about black Canadian music. So with that being said, I want to play the record Northern Touch, 
arguably the greatest Canadian rap song of all time. So when we get to that, or when we get back from that, we will have the Wankster of the Week. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we will be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And I still have the lovely and talented C. Jolie in the building. Hey. That's right. Now, if you are still tuning in with us, I thank you. I thank you very much because I do like to go into these uh, overtime editions, so to speak, whenever I have guests on the show because we just get into a lot of thought-provoking banter. So why not? But nonetheless, we have one more thought-provoking conversation to get into, and I am going to lean in heavily on this one. <laughs> oh, boy. So on that <laughs> note, eh, 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 me. What are you about to say? Who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. Ooh, that's a little loud for the speakers. No worries, no worries. But either way, this week's Wankster of the Week actually goes to a conglomerate of sorts basically it's, it's not a one man wrecking show like it normally is or one woman wrecking show sometimes but it's a multitude of people so with that being said this week's Wednesday of the week goes to the group of individuals who are trying to sabotage the user ratings for the Black Panther film oh. <laughs> now I just got wind of this today to be honest and I was like oh really you don't say now, basically, this is how it all goes. So there is a group on Facebook. I can't remember the name of the group, nor will I mention it because I don't want to get them any type of promotion. But basically, they are stating that they want to uh, publicly – they're publicly stating that they want to sabotage the user ratings of a website called Rotten Tomatoes. Now, for those of you guys who are not familiar with Rotten Tomatoes, they are a website that uh, critiques films that are upcoming or that have been released thus far. So they have their critic rating, and they also have their user rating. And their ratings are, are too different. So the critic rating will obviously only be for official critics uh, from different uh, review publications. But then the fan rating or user rating, rather, are just from the fans, basically, the general movie going public. So basically, these guys have taken credit for altering the, uh, the rating scores for uh, the latest Star Wars film, The Last Jedi, because that one was kind of met with mixed reviews among fans. And so they are claiming that they will do the same to Black Panther when it comes out. Now, the funny thing, I wasn't even going to discuss this, but then the funny thing was I found out, you know, through more reading and research that the person who was kind of curating all this, you know, leading this angry mob of butthurt fans is uh, a person who claims to be a part of the alt-right movement. So that just leads me to believe that there's probably a strong hint of racism involved in the motives of this person. Now, this person in particular claims to be a DCEU fan, which means uh, uh, Detective Comics uh, Extended Universe. And Detective Comics, as some of you may or may not know, is the direct competitor of Marvel Comics. And those are the two companies that actually have movie studios that make all these films. So, for example, Wonder Woman is DC... Um, Justice League is DC, Batman v Superman DC, and then Marvel, you have Black Panther, Captain America, The Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what I find interesting about all of this, you know, the stupidity of all of this and the irony, in fact, is the fact that, you know, this person and these people in general claim to be fans of the DC product and they are of the alt-right movement, yet Wonder Woman 
did well, and that's a DC film, but alt-right people are basically people who have white privilege, who are white males, who only want to see white-dominated films or anything of that sort be successful, and anything else that is considered to be a minority or a marginalized group, like, let's say, oh, I don't know, uh, women, don't want to see them do well or equally well as them at all. But yet, Wonder Woman did very well. In fact, it's probably the one of the only successful DC films within that extended universe that has been out recently. And I'm talking about critical and commercial success. So I find it very hypocritical that you are of the right-wing, alt-right movement and you want to see other properties fail that aren't DC, but yet your Wonder Woman property does well and you don't have anything to say to that. Hmm, okay, interesting. What I will say is this in regards to all this stupidity. Um, the people who are curating this, the people who are organizing this angry mob of racists, um, it's just the fact that they are scared to see people who don't look like them succeed in life. Well, I'm sorry if you've been used to that for God knows how many years and centuries now, but you have to accept the fact that it's 2018 and things are slightly changing. I'm not going to say changing altogether, but slightly changing nonetheless. People of color and other marginalized groups, whether it be religion, uh, sexual orientation, gender, etc., are all progressing in their own respective fields. And I think it is important to be respectful of that. If you don't want to see the movie, don't see it. Nobody told you you had to go see Black Panther, nor should you go see it if you don't feel comfortable seeing predominantly black cast performing in ways that we've never seen before in terms of opulence and success. Now, if you are going to be out here complaining, oh, how come we don't have a white panther? We should get a white panther. That's racist. Well, technically, you have gotten a white panther. You've had Superman. You've had Batman. You've had Captain America. You've had Wolverine, Spider-Man, mm -hmm. Captain Marvel. You've had... God, you've had goddamn everyone shit. I mean, so if you want to make yourself feel happy and call them all White Panther, then go ahead and do it. But don't try and play the whole reverse racism card and be like, oh, this is so discriminatory. No, it's not. We're seeing a cast of a full cast of color and women, strong, dominant-looking women. If I may add some yeah. of myself, I ooh, I can't wait to see those women whoop ass. I'm so excited for that. But uh, <laughs> but you should just be you just you don't have to be happy about it. You just have to be understanding about it. And obviously, this film isn't going to be for you guys. Yeah. And if that's the case, that's fine. But don't go and ruin the ruin the excitement for everybody else. Don't be a humbug and be like, oh, I'm not happy about this film, so I'm going to give it a bad rating. Why don't you just watch the movie and then give a proper rating on it anyway? And the funny thing about all this is the fact that you're telling people to go watch the movie and give a bad review. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're going to go and watch the movie, it means you're buying the ticket, which means you're putting pockets into the studios that you're condemning, which means that you are financially supporting the movie that you're going to give a bad rating to anyway. But it doesn't really matter because everyone's going to give it a positive rating because it's getting nothing but positive results. But at the end of the day, you're still supporting the movie anyway. <laughs> I mean, what? I just don't get how some like people can be that, you know, miserable. I mean, I guess yeah. that really shows you that there is racism. It does. So, because to be upset that there's a Black Panther movie, a Black, yeah, um, Marvel movie that has an all black cast. And you're mad about that? Yeah. Why else would you be mad about that if you're not racist? Exactly. It's either, it's either that or small penis syndrome. I'm just saying. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, the group that does this, that's doing this, whatever, you guys are getting the wankster of the week. Rotten Tomatoes has already issued a statement about this, and they condemn every single bit of it. Facebook has taken that group down as well, and rightfully so, because they are condemning hate speech, and they're also being online terrorists in a sense. So you guys are definitely getting the wankster. Do you deserve the wankster? 
Of course you do. Wakanda forever. Now I'm giving you the wankster just like this. Uh, but yes, uh, Jolie, uh, like you were saying, like, yeah, like they're just basically showing their racist colors yeah, in that exactly. regard, man. And exactly. yeah, it shouldn't be tolerated or accepted. But yeah, what else do you think about this whole entire fiasco? I think it's ridiculous. It's the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. Um, definitely people wasting their times. There's so much better things that they could be doing right than trying to boycott black panther mm -hmm. it's ridiculous exactly and especially when you hear about so many stories coming out of black panther just the excitement for it what have you yeah. like on twitter or just social media in general there's something called the black panther challenge where there are so many people in different marginalized communities within america in particular that are trying to raise enough money through gofundme programs mm -hmm. to go take a whole bunch of kids and youth to go see the black panther movie for free basically so yeah, there was yeah. one person in particular he was featured on the ellen show and basically he raised enough money to go take um to go take the kids to go see the movie. Mind you, the movie hasn't come out yet, but when it does come out, he's gonna have the funds to do it. Yeah. And basically, um what Ellen did was the funds that that he raised uh for the film, uh basically Ellen said, use those funds to uh, fix up whatever needs to be fixed up within the school. I will cover the oh, funds cover, for the yeah. film. Yeah. So that I thought that was huge. That. Yeah. And I even saw um, a little post on, on Facebook today about all these kids like dancing in excitement because they just found out that they're going to go oh. uh, take a school <laughs> trip to go see the Black Panther <laughs> film. Nice. And they're all like doing like the nay nay and all that. <laughs> and like they're all they like, just crumping. Like it was so cute. And like I don't think I've ever seen so many people like get behind a film like this before. And like it just warms my heart as like a fan of mm. comic book cinema, as a fan of proper black representation, yeah. just all that all combined into one. And I feel like whoever wants to shut that down, like you gotta be, like you said, just a miserable human being, man. Mm. Like why would you want to like take someone's joy away from them like that? Like if it makes them feel a special way inside, then why not? Why not give them that opportunity? Like this film may inspire somebody to be the next actor or actress in Hollywood. Exactly. It may inspire them to yeah. be a director in film. It may inspire them to be a costume designer, an animator, illustrator, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Like things like that are the gateway to one's imagination. Yeah. And I don't think anyone should take that for granted. Should take it for lightly and should take that away from them at all. Exactly, and I mean it, it's all about representation, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially because um, the director. Yes. Is black. I mean, mm -hmm. being able to see the behind the scenes person is somebody that looks like you. Yeah. That's also, exactly. Um, that's very empowering yeah. as well. It's not just about who's on a camera. It can also yeah. be about who's behind, behind the yeah. camera as well. Yeah. And it's just the fact that like, we've, we've never seen anything like this before. Come on. Like, how many times have we been clamoring to see us as, uh, as depicted, rather, as kings and queens and yeah. people of opulence yeah. and royalty? Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, we have this. And what I love about this and what a lot of people may not even realize, you know, like the average, you know, the casual moviegoer or what have you, like this character, the Black Panther, T'Challa, has been around for over 50 years. Yeah. He is the first yeah. black mainstream superhero mm -hmm. printed in comics. And on top of that, he was created by white guys. <laughs> Jack Jack Kirby and Stan Lee created him. They created the whole mythos behind, mm. uh, behind him and his nation of Wakanda. And basically the whole metaphor behind it is exactly. the fact that Wakanda yeah. is what any nation in Africa could have been mm -hmm. had it not been colonized uh, by by Eastern or Western civilization, right, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing about vibranium, their source of energy and what have you, is another metaphor for all the natural resources that we have that people lust over, which is why they made it a thing of importance that 
Wakanda, you know, within their whole storyline, basically, Wakanda had never been colonized by anyone. No, no foreign powers around the world or any like alien invaders or anything like that. People try, but they always say, nah, you got to fall back, Kobe. So I feel like it's really important that those guys created a character like that Mm -hmm. and just not have the same typical character being brought up in New York. No, they wanted to take it worldwide. So I appreciate when I see white people using their privilege for the greater good in that in that respect. So. Shouts to them and shouts to everyone, black, white, Asian, purple, whatever the case may be, man, woman, you know, in between, <laughs> who's going to see that film. So, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm here not. for it. I'm here for it. And I got my ticket, so I'm good. <laughs> oh, you're ready to go. Oh, oh, I am. My soul is ready. Hey, we are ready. Oh, we are ready. <laughs> but no, I'm definitely ready to see this. Like, I've been ready for the longest time, but... I wanted to make sure I got my tickets. I'm seeing it with my boys. We're gonna go to the, those VIP theaters to go see it. Like it's it's going to be. Make sure you get some beer as well. I I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about. It. I was like, what should I order? Like I don't want to get too like like tipsy or wave or anything like that because I want to be sober. You know what I mean? I want to I want to remember it all. Oh, well, <laughs> it can be a little nice when you watch it. I, I guess so. Yeah, especially in 3D as well, oh, right? Nice. Right, right, right. We'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, we gotta bring this show to an end. Um, uh, so really, I know. I know, no. I know, I don't want it to end. I know, no. But nonetheless, Mr. Jolie, I really appreciate you coming out here. No you are a delight to have on the show, and you know you are more than welcome to come on the show anytime. I love having you For on sure. here. I love your insights. So please, let's make this a reoccurring thing, man. Absolutely. I'll be back next month. Yes, let's right. do it. And we'll review Black Panther. <laughs> review, oh, yeah. So that means I got to watch it ASAP. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to drag it. I'm not going to drag it. Nah, it's cool. It's cool. You watch on your own time. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, before we uh, head up out of here, where can people find you? You can find me at It's C Jolie mm-hmm. everywhere. I T S C J O L I E on every social media p- platform. There we go. That's what's up. Um, and you guys can always find me at DM underscore cool on Twitter or cool underscore radio on Twitter as well. You can use that same um, at me at um, SoundCloud as well and also on. Actually, no, just uh, uh, Twitter and SoundCloud. But then you can follow us on uh, Instagram at CoolRadioCC, as well as on Facebook and on YouTube as well. Next week, I do have uh, recording artist and songwriter Julia Tynes in the building, so we'll talk about her latest music projects and all that good stuff. And then the week after that, we may or may not do a show because, you know, that is the weekend the Black Panther is opening. So I don't know if I'll be able to do a show that week. Time off, uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I will give you the update <laughs> on that. <laughs> but nonetheless, I thank you guys for tuning in. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.